microphone checker, internets. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Before I get started with this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to everybody, okay, across the world, worldwide, that has checked out the latest episodes of the Premium Pete Show. We're still out here through a pandemic, okay, putting stuff out, putting new stuff out, some old stuff, but listen, we out here working and we never stop grinding and hustling. Now, more importantly, shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the one and only Vincent Curatola, Johnny Sack of the Sopranos. If you haven't checked it, go check it, okay? The last couple of episodes have been incredible. Alexia Wright, the, the Airbnb queen, Brian Michael Cox, the, the, the legendary songwriter and producer, my brother, uh, the great killer Mike, the return of Ed Lover, the return of YFN Lucci. I mean, listen, okay? So many great episodes. Check them out. Make sure you subscribe to us. Rate, leave a comment. Go to iTunes. Go rate it. Get, get them get them ratings up. And we're also on YouTube, okay? So if you want to watch certain episodes, we've been really... Listen, internets, I've always been uh, an audio podcast first. But over the last year or two, I've been really trying to put a lot of more video clips and full episodes on YouTube. So go subscribe to the Premium Pete Show on YouTube and tell a friend to tell a friend, okay? Now, whenever I say this, open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and check the fuck in. I love when internet's worldwide checking. We get people from in the States, outside the States, Russia, Japan, Italy, Jakarta, you'll have Detroit, Miami, uh, Boston. Listen, internet's worldwide. I appreciate you. Um, if you've been rocking with me since day one, salutes. If you're new to the show, welcome. I appreciate you. I want to send peace and blessings to you and your families. Mind you, we're still in a crazy time with this pandemic it has hurt a lot of people. So if you feel discouraged or depressed or, 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 or just not yourself, man, it's a tough day. It's a moment you'll get through it. You're not alone. And if you need someone to talk to, feel free to hit me up. Email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Now, Listen, shouts to everybody who's been checking out the episodes. Make sure you subscribe, rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. You never know who's going to be on the Premium Pete Show. It could be an actor, an athlete, an entrepreneur, a great story, a person who, uh, you know, went from losing everything to gaining everything. I mean, listen, internets, you're going to learn something. That's how it's always been. It's not about Premium Pete for Premium Pete. It's about Premium Pete for the world, Premium Pete for the people. So you could be inspired, so you could learn, so you could understand that some of these people who have made millions and millions and millions of dollars are no different than you. Just never, ever stop believing in you. Now, let me stop being Pastor Pete for a second and let you know. This episode we got coming up with the legendary Cool Keith, I taped it about a year ago. I just actually found the audio. We lost the video, but and we couldn't find the audio, but now we have the audio. So it's a throwback. Mind you, it's about a year ago. So, But I wanted to put it out there. And we got new episodes. I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the midst of going to tape a bunch of new episodes with a bunch of different people. So, internet, stay tuned. But for now, we got that legendary Cool Keith. Listen, we sit down with this hip-hop legend. Okay, we speak on everything. Him coming up in the game. How he's, how he's able to evolve and reinvent himself. More importantly, this dude had multiple aliases to have different label deals. His first million-dollar deal, battle rap, real rap, record rap, hip-hop rap. Okay, Old school rap, new school rap, internet. We go over everything with that boy, Cool Keith. So let me not say anything else except peace and blessings to you and yours. And I present to you this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with the legendary Cool Keith. Let's get to it. Cheer. Cheer. 
Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show cause milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internet welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show finally sitting down with my man a very good fella okay goes by the so l- listen first off I'm, I'm gonna make it regular and then i'm gonna move it around okay? yeah okay he has been uh he has so many motherfucking aka's and i'm gonna give them to you okay dr octagon dr doom Cool Keith, we're going to stay at that one, but hold on, we're going to keep it going. Black Elvis, Dr. Ultra, Crazy Woo, Papa Lodge, Keith Korg, Dickie Long. What the fuck? Dickie <laughs> Long. Dockin. 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 Platinum Rich, Underwear Pissy, Number One Producer. Was that Number One Producer? No, number, number One, one and what? Yeah, Number One Producer. Okay, Number One Producer. Listen, Internet, okay? There's so many AKAs. Uh, fly so, Ricky, the, you got Fly Ricky. Fly Ricky, that's right. So, so many AKAs, so many, so so many labels, so much history, so much hip hop. Uh, co-founder mem- member of the Ultra Magnetic MCs. Listen, uh, 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 pillars, pillars in the pillars game. Of, pillars, pillars. Of listen, you know content, what? Pillars I always tell content. people. I always tell people, uh, hip hop is like a puzzle, and there's so many pieces of that puzzle. Well. Cool Keith is a big piece of that puzzle. Internets, the one and only Cool Keith is in the building. Yeah. Listen, we here. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear, you know, that you're here to talk to me and I'm going to give you anything you need to know. And um, that's what I'm here. And I'm promoting the Keith album, one of my next masterpieces um, that I did with um, Psycho Less. Did mm-hmm. all the production. You know, the Beat Nuts. Um, it was Legendary. a great thing to work with him and... and um, it was this year was a better year for me with Psycho Less as opposed to me when I did the last Octagon album, the last one, not the first original one. It was better with Psycho Less. Um, I had more freedom and like it was relaxed. I can get to my subjects. I think some people in different ways with producers, you know, they lock you into working on the album, but it's too concepted. You know, I think this was a free spirited project for me to do and when you do free stuff better free spirited and thought in mind you it comes out better mm. you know you've been around the game a long motherfucking time mm-hmm. how many years are we talking 30 30 30 plus 30 plus years you yeah. still like making music man i like making music naturally because um it, it's it's therapeutic for me like even i could record to uh become john lee hooker's age i mean i feel like I like making records. It makes me relax. It's a, it's like a drug. You know, some people gotta have a drug. Me, I think making records is a drug. The um, the studio smell is a drug. Just the scent of the, the console, the smelling the SSL board or the Neve and the speakers. You know, because equipment has a scent to it. You know, mm, like equipment. Absolutely. It's like when you walk in Sam Ash and um, yeah, yeah. and um, what's the other place? Huh? Guitar Center. It's like the scent of the keyboards and brand new and that 
audio smell, it, it drives me to record. It's like anything, even like in a, a sneaker store, the, the smell of sneakers. The smell of sneakers, yeah. Fresh you, new you pair, man. Put your nose in a pair, um, brand new Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that smell. Yeah, that, yeah. That smells. And, you, and you don't want it to leave. You want to save it. Like, you want to save that paper in the box and just come home and keep sniffing those Jordans. Like, you know, some people sniff cocaine, but yeah. <laughs> you want to sniff them Jordans hey, like coke. They they enjoy yeah. what they enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you still stay in the studio like hours and hours at a time. Do you still do that? Um, me, uh, I think I'm like a person like I, I'm like Tupac kind of. I, I work on a song, two or three songs. I can finish two or three songs by myself, as opposed to me being with a group or I'm working with like if me say like you were the three three guys doing a track. Like I, I can finish a song by myself quicker than me with a group if I collaborated with a singer or three guys rapping or, you know, or if I'm with two guys rapping, I can finish the song better by myself. Mm. You know, you collaborated with a lot of people over these years, man. Work with a lot of people. I mean, even on this latest album, you got J. Uh, J. Rue the Damager, man. You got uh, B-Real, Paul Wall. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean... After 30 years, is there somebody that you still haven't worked with that you want to work with that uh, hasn't happened? Uh, only, only maybe two people left is probably like Rick Ross and Jay-Z probably. You know, really? Just to see how a track will come sure, out. Sure, sure. But um, that's basically it. I, I don't think there's nobody that I have a destined to work with that is, you know, you know if, it, it is a lot of other people out there you might want to do a song with, but not like, you know, maybe... Those two people might be a different experiment of a song, you know, as opposed to a predict a predictable collaboration. Mm. Like I don't like mostly predictable collaborations. Like you know, collaborations that you can expect. Sure, absolutely. I like something like the different combination. Like you know, you might want to see like KRS make a record with, um, say, somebody real left field. Like he do a record with somebody totally that you don't expect. You know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a predict a predicted collab. Now, what about some of the younger artists? You know, um, there's so many like hip hop. Like, you've been around long enough to see it evolve, see mm-hmm. it change. Did you see the passions change and stuff like that. Um, I, I like all the stuff that the the young cats are doing. I don't get mad at them as as opposed to like a lot of the people that came up in the time that I came up. They seem they seem more miserable and mad about it, but I don't see why they should be mad because, you know, everybody has an interesting side to them, and I don't doubt what the kids are doing. That makes you work harder. But I I evolved with time, change with time, adapt to time. There's but a few artists in my time that adapted to new time, so they can't make the adjustment. I was talking to people, my boy today on the phone. We was talking about how some guys might be riding around. And they listening to a track from 1983, but their mind is stuck in that time. So you still could be stuck in that time, but you still have to adapt to what's going on in the future and what's going on now. That's where I came in to be good at is to change with time and adapt to time, you know, and innovate myself with time. So I can't be like a mad old dinosaur. I'm mad at what the new kids doing. You know, sometimes I'm in the studio with my nephew and them, and it's kind of good, like a challenge, because they get on tracks that they probably think I won't get on, but I get on tracks and ride the beats the same way. But mm. I shock them too. Sometimes I see them balling up their papers, 
and it's good like the saying like wow like because you know some of the average kids are very macho and you know their ego seems very powerful like they ain't gonna mess up a lyric or they gonna get in there and bust a song down because i had my all my experiences of working with artists and you seen people brag yo take me in the studio on fire Yo, I burn up the mic. Yo, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beast. Yeah, and they get I'm in the, the best studio. You ever heard. Yeah, I'm the best you ever heard. I'm the best thing smoking. I'm smoking Joe. I'm knocking <laughs> them out. Once I get in the booth, I'm treacherous. And you see them really break down. Like you said, damn, all that stuff you were saying on the street. I take you. I believe all. The, I'm a beast, and you crumble in the studio. Mm. That fucks me up. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, I remember uh, people say that to a lot of girls, like, yo, when I get in the bed, I'm going to knock this thing dead. And then next thing you know, after one time, <laughs> sleeping, you know, hey, listen, yeah, because they put the heft, you I'm know, in a I'm in a it's, like, it's like you get a motherfucker, he'd be like, I could drive that um, race car, you know, I can drive that Indy 500 car, you know, he's a regular street driver, but he like, yo, man, let me get behind the wheel of that Indy 500 car. And he going around the racetrack, you know, like, I don't know how to control this motherfucker. It's getting out of my hands. Like, you can't put a person in an uncomfortable situation. That's how a lot of these cats are. That's why I always thought, like, too, like, the um, like the, the battle rap as opposed to record rap, it's like UFC and boxing. Mm. It's like UFC and WB, you know, the WBC. It's boxing. It's two different leagues. You know, the rappers that rap on tracks and rap on the songs for, like, the beat studies and beats and the craft of making music, that's whole one craft. That's like a boxer that boxed straight up with his hands like Floyd Mayweather or, you know, Tommy Hearns or Sugar Ray Leonard. The other, you know, the rap smack stuff like that the battle rap stuff that's more like conor mcgregor because mm-hmm. they rap the same lines over you know and they got like a certain style they do but you can't do that on the beat you can't i pull out the nine the tech spray i walk up to you and you know let your head fly with the pellets the bullets the the jam or you know you got the you know you talking you know the luger gonna spray your belly but you gotta say it three times. I come back, but the Luger gonna spray your belly. You can't do that on the fucking beat. Cause the beat is moving. Mm. Try that shit on a beat. It's not gonna. It's not gonna wait for you. That's the tech what... spray, but the Luger gonna make with the tech is you know how they make the reinforcement sure, sure, of sure. going back They're to very the animated battle rappers yeah are, but are, that you, you ain't gonna do that with your headphones on when you behind that beat and the dr dre is looking at you you can't do that shit and you, i had that experience with those dudes trying to go in the studio it's it's, it's embarrassing mm. it's like when mcgregor got in the ring with floyd what did you see Mm. It was a joke. It's good for what that is. Kickboxing is that. But when they say you can't kick, it it, it don't go in the other league. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what the people in the public get that confused. And they take away, they forget what's talented. That's talented because you got to remember two verses for two. You got to remember two 
one hour verses. But you got to do a whole album on this side. With producers and rhyme on the track and show out on the track with the features on your track that they don't burn you on your own shit. It's a, it's a different job. It's two different leagues. Mm. It's two different fucking leagues. And like, people I, try to combine that shit together. It, it's not going together. I like and those you, dudes can't cross over there and try to make records. Which, and that's always been. You ever noticed, you ever seen any successful dudes come from that side making a record and that you could say, I'm going to compare him now to Cool G Rap now. Mm. Can you, can you, can you? Say, nah, it's, 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 that's I, what I'm saying though. It's funny, right? Yeah. But it's it's two different leagues. It's hard. And also, people, and like you said, people ain't going to take it that way. You, you got to take it that way. Yeah. UFC, WBC. Yeah. It's two different mm-hmm. leagues. And you got people that's good in UFC kickboxing. It's a great analogy, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you got to think about it as an art form. You know what I mean? It's like some people are nice where they can make a radio hit, where they could, you know, uh, jump on the mic. And some people are very animated with battle rapping. Yeah. yeah. You know, where they could uh, destroy someone or break and someone. You can say down. the word three, yeah. four times, you yeah. know. You know, I come up to you, I slice your neck when that tech spray. Like I said again, when that tech spray. You got time to say that shit. But on the beach, you ain't got no time. You ever to go wait. to one of those? The, the I, I, I watch those shits on TV like, sometimes. Uh, it's that? good. King smack uh, smack yeah. DVD. I like the girls, really, really. Really? The girls say the most wildest stuff. You know, they talk about your tampons are dirty. They get a little more in depth. <laughs> they get, they get more, nasty. you know. Yeah, you know they you got shit in your panties. You know they they'll say anything. You know that's classic, man. That's classic. you know I'm just saying their stuff is more totally graphic. Let's take people back for uh, you know who know who Cool Keith is or or the 42 uh, AKAs he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirty plus years in the game, uh, uh, definitely one of the uh, the uh, you know. One of the legends, man. One of the OGs in the game that has helped usher in mm-hmm. this this thing that was considered a fad. Right, right. Do you remember when it was considered a fad? Do you remember doing shows when it was considered a fad? Like meaning, like people literally back then thought that hip hop was, uh, you know, like, maybe it wasn't going to be around. Now it controls the world. Do you remember those? Yeah, moments? yeah, yeah. I remember that people didn't think it was going to be around, and the same people that didn't think it was going to be around got involved in it. Like you know, like. People that really did other, you know, they did grassroots music, country music. Then they got into rap. Like, you know, people that ran labels and was, you know, managing a rock band or a singer. Now they got a top rapper. They manage him and they riding around in a Bentley or something. (laughs) You know, like, yo, I love this rap shit now. Like, but they was the same people that was saying they ain't going to be around. Mm. That's funny, though. Mm. You know, you, would you say that there was somebody that really believed in you back then, or gave you like a couple of breaks, or was your mentor? Did you have did you have somebody like that? Um, I think Red Alert was like a person that looked out, and um, definitely like when we had our deal, and you know, where was that deal? When um, that was the first uh, when the we first had the first deal? Ego Tripping album, okay, yeah. and then um, we was like um, we had Ego Tripping, and we was trying to get a deal. Me and Seth was more real shopping dudes looking for deals like we used to go down to companies we didn't believe in sending no demo or that. Know, giving the mac giving out please listen to my demo we didn't believe in all that but 
we went to companies and they had you in their little reception area and they used to take you back there and give you popcorn and tell you they like your stuff. And, you know, back then the record company days was real comical because they used to take you and give you Sprite and popcorn. Every label would give you some hot popcorn and Sprite. <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to bullshit your day off. Any butter say, on the motherfucker? But they'll put butter on it because it'd be okay. them, them packs of butter that's already made okay, popcorn. Count, so count. That was, I thought, I was like... I remember one time even Dante Ross called me. Shouts to Dante Ross. And it was at Electra, and Trevor was like, yeah, you know, Dante Ross is interesting and stuff. But, he, you know, he's a cool guy to this day, my man. But it was funny because we came up there to Electra, and I think Brand Nubian was signed, and I think I had was doing my solo stuff and stuff. So I went up there, and as soon as I got there, he's like, you guys want some popcorn? We got some sodas in the refrigerator, apple juices. All labels, all labels had MCA, Sony, Columbia, Electra, um, RCA. Everybody used to give everybody popcorn and Sprite. No, what is that? I guess that was a thing to bullshit your time, to bullshit your day. You sit in there, you drinking your soda, eating popcorn, and they say, Hey, you know, we got some stuff coming out. Everybody, this was A and R times. A and R was like more bullshit back then. It was just a waste of time. Like and then after that, they give you a couple of CDs. Like this is some yeah, acts yeah, we got coming yeah. out. You yeah, remember yeah. those days? Yeah, we got, yeah. Here's some acts we got coming out. We got you know Janet Jackson's new album coming yeah. out. You know, take a couple of CDs out with your popcorn and soda. You know? <laughs> But it was never discussed of no deal and listening to your music. A lot of these deals. When did you realize that a lot of them were bullshit? Because I'll be honest with you, if you don't know this, you sitting there eating popcorn and drinking Sprite for a minute. <laughs> that's the funny thing. Without even get now, somebody could get you high and bullshit you better. But that was a big thing when popcorn and Sprite was big to bullshit your day off. Mm. So I got hip to it, and I used to be like, you know, when Trevor used to tell me like. Oh, yeah, such and such want to meet you and talk to you and stuff. So I was like, what, they want to give me some more popcorn and Sprite? So it, I think it was more back then people were just fans. They were like, I want to see Cool Keith in my office, and I want to sit down and offer him some popcorn. But then they'd be like, talk about, like, you might have a brand new project to do, or are you coming up to talk about the deal or the album, or are you getting ready to do or are you going to sign or what? But they more talking about like shit you did before, like oh yo, I remember when Critical Beatdown was out, that mm-hmm. picture, yo, that was the dopest shit when you did that track, and yo, that fourth song in the album. So you really start to realize that you eat popcorn. You like these people ain't <laughs> signing a goddamn thing. They're not doing nothing. It's just they're talking, but it's cool. But but keep in mind. But you know what's funny? When I got signed to my real labels, I met L O Seven Self yep, and yep. Capital Records. When I was that the, the deal. first? That's when I had got um my first you know million dollars with um Capital. I had a five hundred recording fund in a in a moving advance five hundred. It was together. They had the recording fund, and sometimes they have rappers could stay at the um it was them houses in L A. You know okay. where they put the rappers yep. at? Uh, I forgot the name of them complexes so i took the deal and went to for a million dollars yeah from 500 500, it was capital records from capital for sex style yep and um me and cup master kurt but the point was 
LO7 saw me up at the um, Gavin in San Francisco. He said, yo, Keith, I want to sign you. Come down. Gary Gersh, we're going to get it popping. You know, get your lawyer, get the paperwork going. That was the simplest thing to do than to eat all this fucking popcorn. Yeah, and drink classic. apple juice. Yo, it, and I went places. I drank apple juice and popcorn many places. Hey, listen, but until you cashed in, and you know what happened to a lot of these apple juice and popcorn motherfuckers? They selling apples mm, and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, huh? Let me ask you, huh? man. You sign a one million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, is that was your first deal, right? That you signed big, that big deal, right? That was the deal when I got to L.A. When I came, that's when I was in Hollywood, and I was like, I was supposed to be an underground artist. You know, they had a lot of artists out there. You know, Project Blow and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when I got to L.A., and you already went through the hip hop life in New York and the ciphers and the clubs, and you know, when you I got to L.A., I just was like. I'm going to a club with Michael Jordan. Like I'm up in the Century Club. I'm up at places, and the Supersonics are standing next to me. I didn't feel like going back to to do like you know like ciphers and stuff. Yeah, you, I got let's enjoy the let's enjoy California. Like I'm buying clothes downtown. I'm shopping where Vargas lightweight boxes are shopping. Yep, yep. I'm like I'm enjoying the life of California. Like I'm not. I didn't come out here to go to open mics and, you know, say I'm going to keep it real. I'm cool Keith. I'm in California now. This is it. I, I'm, I'm looking at the Hollywood sign. How long did you stay in California? For, for From 92 to 2000. And I was the first one in California. When After I moved out of California, everybody from New York started moving to California. Mm. Mm. So, But you- they got out there late. When it when it when it faded well, out, because L.A. was like, I was in L.A. It was pool parties everywhere. I was going to clubs, pool parties, Death Row, Suge Knight throwing parties up in the mountains, uh, everything. Not scared, and it's funny, like I'm just there in California, like, but I'm not thinking about like ciphers and rhyming. They had like little spots for the, those underground things, but I myself was like, I did that in New York. So I was like a celebrity, like I went to California not to, like California had a lot of rappers going out there sleeping on couches, couch potatoes, couch serpents, surfing. Yeah. sleeping on people, sleeping in the studios. When I when I got to California, everything was laid out. You know, I'm on Melrose every day with Macy's bags and people asking me, yo, you going to the open mic tonight? I'm looking at them like, open mic? What is that? I'm I'm cool keep in my head with it. But how did you adapt to that shit? Because you you, you came from where where like again it's like a where, basketball player. You okay. played ball in the the playgrounds. Now you playing in the NBA. Mm, mm. That's where I felt. But let me ask you: When you I get, felt NBA, I felt like well, I'm in I'm NBA because I'm enjoying myself, which you're supposed to do, enjoy yourself, right? But I, I still didn't lose my ability in real as as a rapper because I was like, you know, I got Menelik signed. Me and him did. Then we moved on. We were closing deals left and right. Dr. Octagon. We, mm-hmm. We're hitting licks, you know, 300,000. We're hitting licks all over the place. And, you know, I got a poster, big, um, once again, before every rapper, I got a big billboard on Sunset Boulevard black with Black Elvis. 
Uh, so they promoted it there? No, no, no record company. I put it up there. How much was that at that time? <laughs> it was like, it was like, like five grand a month then. Okay. Uh, but I'm on Sunset. I go on Roscoe's. Everybody be saying like, yo, I see you and your manager's billboard up there. Like, I just threw it up there. Like, Black Elvis. Yeah, Black Elvis classic. with the wig on. Like, I'm yep, up yep. on Sunset. Like, you got to see me because you got to come down Sunset. Everybody comes down Sunset. Did that help? Did that help with I, the sales? It was, it was like my prestige. It was like me. Just, I'm in L.A. But did that billboard help with the sales? Do you remember? It was great. Black Elvis did great. Like, it was like, I was just getting deals. I and mean, then I closed Black Elvis. Octagon, How much did you get for that? Dr. Doom. Uh, these was all like big deals. And then I um, tried to get off Sony. Me and Puffy was going to do a deal. Mm, you were going to go to I Bad was Boy? Deal, deal man. I was deal, deal man. Just deal, deal, deal. How many deal, deals deal, deal. did you do? I was signing a whole if you bunch back. of. I was a whole bunch. I was signing with every record company at the same time. Yo, you know what's crazy? <laughs> you know what's crazy? Actually, as as <laughs> yo, know, these as, dumb motherfuckers doing three sixty deals think they're doing something. I was signed with like record companies at the same time and how distributors. The fuck did you do that? I was though? signed with distributors too, huh? How did you do that? I changed then, my then name. I, I was Bobby. I was Tom. I was Jerry. <laughs> I was on different record labels. I was Doctor Doom. I be Octagon. Because I was figuring, I was thinking of George Clinton and Brides of Frankenstein, right? So I was like, how can I do records? Is Do I really got to be on the contract with one label? Do I, how can I do it? I said, well, I can, I can be different people. I'm going to be different people on different labels. But the labels didn't really care because I was another man on each album. Mm. But yeah. I thought somebody would be obviously saying, hey, how he marketed this guy got release dates all over the place with different labels. Yo, that's <laughs> so nobody nobody ever came in, in, in at, yeah, at that time and no, tried to no, say I don't I don't I, I didn't really care. I was just like I was I was just like kamikaze. Man, you fucking you, you beat the system, man. The but system, I, system but, would try to beat you, you beat the fucking system. But I was the funny thing it was like other groups was t- stuck in contracts and you know, they was always complaining and they was like, I'm trying to get out of the deal with my manager. And I was never tied into the deals. It was like I was doing those deals in like one-offs. I was doing those deals. But I had so much material, I was writing so fast. Like I can do two or three albums at the same time. But what were you, you know, think about this. You signed. These artists now don't have that. They don't have that durability. They don't have like, they don't have that work effort, that diesel sure. work effort I had. Like, they could never do nothing like that. They barely can record an album. These guys waste studio time smoking weed, burn up their budgets. Back then, I really finished the albums fast. Like, I get the job done. I don't go in there and have Hennessy parties all night and sniff coke. Sure, I sure. knock these records out, and then somebody else is calling me for a project. But they wanted projects from me, but I, I just get the job done. Like I had so much content, and I could make another group like that. So I, then I got sick with it. I like I become another guy, another guy. And I even had deals with distributors, like certain like members, Land Speed, and mm-hmm. just anything. It was any. I had everything covered. I even um um. Um, what's the label most deaf was on? Um, um, Rockus. Yep. I, I bought I bought Minelik to Rockus, and he was the first one signed to Rockus from Octagon spinoff. He had an album. Then he did Space Cadillac, and he he was the opening person for. He was like really all the artists on Rockus based themselves around Minelik. Mm. 
So we were running the underground stuff anyway. Mm. You know, like all the underground we was running, you know. I was I was I was the powerful MF Doom before like MF Doom really came out. Sure. You know, Zell Love X peace to him, he's a great artist, but I was running all of the underground stuff. But I was feeling like I was a Chicago bull. Mm. Just hanging out. I didn't do underground stuff, but I had underground covered, all the underground covered. But I hung out in commercial places. You know, you might see me at a club and Naomi Cam- Camel's in there and uh, Michael Jordan's there. My mind was making records and then my party life was at high end places. But you grew up, you know, you grew up in the Bronx, no? Yeah. But, you know, who? What? What's some of the most craziest times you could think of? Like meaning, like, because keep in mind, you grew up in the Bronx. You know, next thing you know, you next to Naomi Campbell. You know, did you look at it like that? Well, I, didn't, I see her at places. I see different people, Jamie Foxx, anyway. But I would be at places that was high end places because I was like, hey, you know, my lifestyle was shopping, buying clothes, like the fashion. I was, I was a shopaholic and stuff. I bought clothes and. All the porn stars was my best friend, Champagne, you know, um, Ron Hightower, Jimmy Z, mm. you know, mm. they come to my house. Mm. I'm at my crib. I'm looking at a girl sitting in a corner, and then I walk up to the Hollywood. I'm like, that girl on the cover naked was just in my house. Mm. You know, you open the magazine, Black Tail, you're like, oh, she was at my house. I didn't know who that was, but I'm saying that's how... Funny Hollywood could be like you could be in your house and Gina Jameson is sitting on your living room couch, mm. but you don't know it. You're like drinking champagne. You're like, hold up, that's Gina Jameson, but I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to blow her cover and act like I'm a goopy. But you're like, oh, that that is such and such. Like I was literally seeing people before my eyes. That's classic, man. Yo, when you huh? signed your deal, right? Yeah. When you signed your deal, the first deal, the one for a million dollars. Yeah. Did you celebrate that? I mean, like, did you? That's what I was doing, basically. I was just saying, hey. You well, know, I know, because your life, your life, yeah. Go I ahead. was just like, I was like, um, that was my own championship. Like, I'm like, I came from the Bronx. You know, I did all the gr- groundwork and got the respect, you know, number one rap in New York City, you know. <laughs> nah, but I'm saying, I got all the respect from all that. Then when I, plus, when I was in New York, nobody wanted to give me beats at all. This is another funny thing. Producers, was, no producers. Producers, producers turned their back. Why? Why do you think so? Because they was feeling like, well, um, you don't have no budget yet. You don't have no budget, right? So all the producers in New York were like, oh, well, you ain't got no, you know, you ain't got what you got for me. You know, I get, let you hear something. I, I got something. They Instead of them going like, well, that's cool, Keith. Let me throw them some tracks, right? So what happened was, let me turn that off. It's all good. Uh, what happened was instead of them giving me tracks, I said, "Okay, that's cool." You know, and like you know, when you get some, you know, when you get the cash, call me up. You know, we we we, we talk, we talk, we, we talk. We get to work. We we talk. So I get to L.A. to hear about the deal. How about all those guys was like trying to get me on the phone? Mm-hmm. Yo, I got some fire. I can send it out to you. Where you at? But my mind was like, "Hold up." I'm in California. The sun is out. I'm not answering the call or nothing. I'm like looking at my phone like these are the same guys that was like doing the same thing before. So I'm like, I'm in California. I'm in the Beverly Center like, 
I don't hear these calls. I do not hear these calls. <laughs> and it happened again when I got signed with Sony. It did it again. How many? How many? Uh, so they was like, oh, man, I don't got. Yo, what's up? Got tracks? No, nah, I don't got nothing for you, though. But you just some you, you signed with somebody? I said, no, nah, I'm going to hit some beats. Got over. Got signed. Same people. Yo, I got some hot fire. You know you want to listen? Sending tracks to other people. But I didn't hear that then. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to hear that because when it was real, you know what I'm saying? When it was going down for real, you should have been, you know, more genuine. Don't wait till I get a deal and then start talking, you know, trying to rub my head. Oh, man, you know how the industry is, man. Shady, yeah. man. Who would you say is some of your... Uh... Some some of your very good friends in hip hop. Would you say there's people that you still consider good friends in hip hop? Um, you know, and I did. I like that. I did that movie Champions. Got to order that movie with a, uh, Adrian Miller. You know Adrian yep, Miller. Yep. That's a great friend of mine. Adrian Champions. Miller. Yeah. Where's it available? It was me. I was a um. I was a manager of. I was a manager of a boxing a movie with Kim Shamrock. Okay, nice. I was a manager. It was, it was on HBO too. So you know, it was like you know I have I had a lot of friends in the business. Like you know, it's funny. Some of my friends were more, you know, bigger than, they were more bigger in their mind, but they were down to earth. Like, I always had friends that are big. It's like, it's funny, like, the world is different. Like, friends that are big, that think they're big. I have friends that are bigger than the friends that think they're big. And that's the funniest thing. So, I have a lot of friends that are bigger than... The average person that think they're big, and a friend that you might not believe would be my friend. You know, like I got a lot of friends that are different in the music business, so they all have their own ways and stuff like that. But I, I wasn't never, I was never a person. I always, and even in LA, I hung by myself a lot. Like I don't have a click of nothing like that. My mind is always working solo, cause I always wanted to do solo stuff. You know, so my friends were just cool friends with me and stuff. I had a lot of friends, but. I didn't hang with them. Mm. I was like a self by myself person. Mm. You know, all these years, man, in the game, man, and, and, you know, living in Los Angeles, living back in the Bronx, you know. I stayed in Jersey before I stayed in. Really? Yeah. I did the same, you know, the routine that everybody did, everybody moved to Jersey, everybody moved to LA. I, I, I was the first guy to do that stuff. You know, then when I did that, everybody trendy, Trendy moved, mm. did the same thing. But moved from Jersey, moved from the Bronx. Yeah, but uh, but I got tired of L.A. too. L.A. was a city that was real powerful. It, it had a real energy to it. Then L.A. got dead as the new people came out there. L.A. started getting bad with the robberies, and the, mm. they said the people from the hood came up, started getting on the superstars. I didn't have that problem, but you know, I used to go down in South Central and go to. First Kings and um, Barbie Coast and see gangbangers. They be like, oh, cool kid, what you doing down here, man? You know, so I was a person of the community. I didn't go to L.A. just stay in my hotel. I, I you know, I go down Sunset. I go to M and M's. I go to the clubs. I go everywhere in Los Angeles. I wasn't scared to walk around anywhere in Los Angeles. I had friends, you know, Razkaz. I had a lot of people, bigger B, you know, all kinds of you people. You ever meet Pac? I seen Pac up on um. Sunset Boulevard by um, Chen Chen's. Him and um, Suge Knight was sitting up there having 
lunch privately like and i was up there i said what's up and it was cool like i you know i i seen everybody that i really saw all the people i saw in la but i was never like feeling like i was a starstruck person i just said oh there go what's the name i see this person you see anybody in la pumping gas you know i saw kevin hart when he first when he was not even large but i went to see him i supported him he probably wouldn't even know that he was at the um the laugh factory mm-hmm. and he was telling some hot jokes like this is before he even blew up like at the laugh factory you know up on sunset the mm-hmm. laugh factory and it was like it was like an intimate crowd like just a, it's like a small place up there and it's like but the real people they would never see that involvement mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. listen man you know what let's take a quick break we're sitting here with the one and only the legendary yeah. Cool Keith, man. Uh, so many AKAs, so many stories, but more importantly, a man, okay, of many, many hats. The one and only Cool Keith. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Yeah. Cheer. Internets, you don't have to wait until November 3rd to cast your ballot. Be an October voter. In most states, you can vote early in October. Request your mail ballot, return your completed ballot in the mail or in person, or vote early at an early voting location. There's no time to waste. Treat every day like election day to make sure all voices are heard. Make a plan to vote. Be an October voter. Now listen, I want you to go and log on to andstillivote.org. Again, that's andstillivote.org to join the fight for voting rights today. Okay? It's important. I don't, I don't know how to express it anymore, but let's get out today and vote. Internets, this election is one of the most critical times in history to make our voices heard and accounted for. Decision makers nationwide are passing laws to make it harder to cast a ballot in person. Don't let this stop you from making a plan to vote in person and reporting problems at the polls. They will not silence us. You understand? If you are not sure or are registered to vote or experiencing problems getting to cast your vote in person, please call the Election Protection Line hotline at 866-OUR-VOTE. Again, that's 866-OUR-VOTE. Use your voice to reimagine public safety and encourage meaningful police accountability legislation. Pledge to vote. Hold decision makers accountable for passing meaningful public safety and police accountability. I have to say that again. I want you to log on to andstillivote.org forward slash pledge to vote. One more time. That's andstillivote.org forward slash pledge to vote. Internet, okay? It's important. Our world needs us. Get out and vote today. Now let's get back to the show. Cheer. Internet, and we're back right here with my man Cool Keith on the Premium Pete Show. Um, listen, you know what's great? I love this. Uh, I, when I seen this a while ago, I was like, I got to write this down for one mean uh Mm-hmm. Cool Keith, sit down. They say Cool uh, Cool Keith is generally considered to be one of hip hop's most eccentric and unusual personalities. I remember when we sat down, rest in peace to our brother Combat. Remember when we sat down mm-hmm, with you, mm-hmm. and he really did an amazing job of of how you were portrayed. You know, as somebody being different, or the way you, how many different personalities you had, or the right. the nerdy personality, but the creative personality. When people say that you were different, you know what I mean. Do, do, did you do that on purpose when you were growing up? Um, 
Well, when I was in school, I was a, I was a big time. I could have been a comedian. I was making jokes. I was always a funny person in the classroom. I was always remembered even when I, when I went to school. They said, yo, you crack jokes. I was always a big person to crack jokes all over New York. I would travel places to snap on people in different areas in, in New York. I would Then I was dancing. So I, was, I had a different side even when they was making music, even when Melly Melanin was hot. You know, in Furious Five and Kaz, Cold Crush, um, mm, uh, 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 you know, Cool Herc was at shows and all of them. I was dancing then. I was popular going like to the clubs. No, I was doing Electric Boogie. I was known for dancing. And I was dancing with a popular group, uh, the Shack Crew, with Yogi, Loose Bruce, and um, Supreme, and Al, Boogie, and me, and Keith and Jesse. We was like a a group and um there was like some you know like a Harlem hustle crew like they sold like um we was in um they just you know everybody was hustling in in Harlem I was dancing with them so and I was from the Bronx and people knew me from activity but then I danced but I danced for the president too I danced for Reagan Really? Uh, yeah, I danced for Reagan. Like, um, wait, wait, that at, at the Kennedy Center Honors, um, I danced for Reagan. So I was popular in the streets dancing before I made records. So when I switched off and rapped and did Ultra, I didn't rap in the streets and pre-program people that I, I was a rapper. I just got on the record and people I went to school with were surprised. They said, that record Ultra is you? Oh, shit. Like it was, they knew me from dancing, but I was, I made Ultra with said. Mm-hmm. And that was a big street hit record, you know, with Rakim and Big Daddy Kane yep. and Raw and whatever all of them. But I, I was I was a dancer. Mm. I was popular before rappers. Before, rap, before yeah. rappers was rapping. I Ultra was, I was dancing. Man. I didn't do no rap. I was just dancing. Mm. So I, the transition was more smoother because I people that knew me from dancing said, Oh shit, you made Ultra because when Ultra came out, I was known as MC Ultra. They didn't yeah. even call me Cool Keith. I walk around the street, different places in the ghetto projects. Everybody, MC Ultra. I go walk down the street. You hear somebody out the window, Ultra. Like, they didn't even call me by Keith. Yo, yo that's crazy. Yo, do you think, <laughs> do you think all That's the, what they used to say. They didn't, it wasn't Cool Keith at all. They but, just, but do you think all the AKAs, they, I mean, the, the all, all the, the AKAs, they would call me something, right? No, but do you think that they... I don't want to say hurt you, but people knew you as something for a couple of years. Then they knew you as some. I mean, I'm sure people paid attention to like, yo, this guy got like different names. Oh, you saying would it mess? Would it did, would it confuse markets and stuff? It gained markets because right now, like a uh, 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 a 19 year old kid could walk up to me and ask me to sign his Doctor Octagon record. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. And then you might have a guy that knew about Ultra, but he don't know about octagon mm. Mm. but a kid that's 19 will come up to me and ask me to sign his octagon his first original octagon album so it's just different people I transcend into different audiences which I turned into a rock star after a certain amount of time Black Elvis I didn't, I didn't become a I, I was a rapper like, but then I turned into a rock star because all the magazines I was in I mean one day I'm gonna put them all out on the table I'm gonna dump like a a garbage can full of magazines with me in them out so people could you know see like Spin Rolling Stone Alternative Press every magazine you name I had 
Cinefolds, Pictures, Spin, Rolling Stone, Rock Magazines. You know, I was on tour with big rock bands and and the rock what band, bands. The what rock band? bands knew me. You know, Some Forty One. You know, uh, Dave Grohl, The Foo mm-hmm. Fighters, Good Charlotte, um, Brody, um, Green Day. Um, that's when I did all these clubs that these rappers wasn't even doing. Like even these festivals, like um, you know. Um, Coachella, all these mm-hmm. places, Rolling Loud, all these places. I did them all before urban artists did them. That's why now you got the artists now trying to do that. Before all these artists, mm. before all these artists, now I was the first doing that stuff. I was a rock star after Ultra, mm. after well, after Blackout. Blackout was Doctor Octagon was rock star life. Mm. You know what? Let's take people back a, a, a little. You grew up in the Bronx, right? You grew up with mom and dad. Yeah. What did mom uh, do? Uh, my mother was a. Um, she had a nice job. She used to work um, at the um, Con Edison. Okay, Con in the Edison. Office. Yeah. Nice. What about pops? My pops was a, he drove tractor trailer. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, when you were young, they were together. Like you grew up with them in the house. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they was. Mm. They stayed. They, they, what yeah. they thought about me you making music? You think? No, no, no. Meaning, uh, did they stay together or they oh, got yeah, divorced? They stayed together, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I grew up with both parents. My you moms know? and pops. Well, I grew up by myself basically because you know I lived in my own world. I always lived by myself. Mm. What do you mean? But I like go see my moms you, and them and, and but, stuff like that. But you mean did they grow up as parents and support? Well, as, yeah, that too, together. but meaning like the, you grew up in a household with mom and dad, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and, and, and when you were young, is this something that you, you know, did you start with instruments? Did you want to become an artist or you just had a totally something different in mind? Well, I was, I had a guitar, a bass guitar. That's why I played bass. Mm. And people, and when you were growing up, you played a bass guitar. That was like normal. Like people in the neighborhood in Bronx. Were they didn't really know. I was just. I, I collected a lot of records too. Mm, like I didn't grow up on jazz. I collected like I was a big fan of Slave. Was my inspiration to, mm. to make music because Slave was wild. They looked at like, you know, they had their record Slide was my favorite record. Like Slide, boom, 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 Slide. You know, everybody had afros and. I was just a fan of Slave only. I like the one group Slave. Mm. <laughs> I like the one group Slave, and then you know I bought other albums: Confunction, Daz Band. Um, Where'd you used um, to buy the albums? J and R Music World. Damn, that's to, classic. I used to go to J and R Music World and buy like the funk band Sky, uh, Cameo, Cameo, I never, Candy. But I never collect jazz. I didn't like jazz. I not to say I couldn't get into jazz. I didn't grow up on jazz, so I didn't know I, I collected funk stuff. So it inspired me. My funk was like that's when I turned into Black Elvis and Doctor Doom, making funk records, funk sounds, bass lines. I had a funk inspiration. Mm. Now Black Elvis, when you when you did that, and you said that you put the Billboard up, right? That was a you were independent. I was independent. Okay. I put out all my own records then too. I didn't wait for labels to put my records out. Matthew, I put out myself. But some some labels you 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 went through. I had real right? official label sign and I was my own subsidiary. I would put out albums while I'm still on labels. Mm. 
And they wouldn't try to like sue you? Or? I don't. I don't know if they. I didn't get no messages. They was. <laughs> I was just putting out. Yeah, records. On, do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was putting records out, but I, I, my creativity was so. I was just into making my songs, making records. It was therapeutic. Yeah. I was a recordaholic. It's crazy because I make records. I spend my last on studio time. Some people spend their last on drugs. Mm. Some people had cocaine problems, Hennessy problems. I spent my last on recording. Like I was a recording. I had to probably go to to get recording help. Mm, mm. I went to record an anonymous. Yeah, I was Stud- booking stu- time. Studio. I, I would go in L.A. and book like you know street, you know castle, you know um, sound castle blockouts. I was a studio nut. You know, you've been around a long time, man. Um, you know. It's when you look back. Do you have some moments that you could, uh, for people listening who know of you? I want them to learn a little bit more. For people listening who don't know of you, I want them to know of you. When you look back, I mean, thirty plus years, do you have some stories or moments uh, that 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 always stick with you, whether they're crazy or whether they're, um, um, you know, they were really good? I think, um, or change your life. You know what I mean? I think me. I think the story was like. I didn't know about, like, I bought a, I had a Rolex, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rolex would be the thing, right? I got the Rolex, the old man Rolex. I bought one, like, but now I got, like, a lot of different kinds of watches I collect now. I know, but I thought I was, you know, back, this is my experience. So, I have my Rolex. I take my Rolex in the bag down to South Hill, the jury district. So, my Rolex is the, the old man one. Mm. At that time, I wasn't thinking, but the Techno Marines came out. Remember yep, all the yep, Techno Marines? Those, yep. So the guy, I put my Rolex out. And then I said, Le, how much you give me for this? I said, I like the new stuff out. He said, yeah, you got the old man watch. So he gives me like eight Techno Marines. I'm thinking I'm getting away. I grab eight techno rings off the table. He said, yeah, that's the young watches, the young watches. You're going to be good. This the old man watch. So I get back to New York. Then I'm like, I go down to the Diamond District. I'm like, I try to see if these techno rings are worth something. He's like, these things ain't worth nothing. So I traded like seven techno rings like a Rolex but it was funny because they the guy was like that was a dumb trade that was one of the most dumbest trades you ever did in my life that's why I was like wow what was I thinking but the guy kept saying yeah that's the old man watch but the watch I had now is worth like still 9,000 on the display mm. but those Techno Marines is like down in the ground like you see them shits on the bottom of the shelf like uh. nobody you can't even give one of them shits to a baby mm. you throw that shit away like but I was just thinking like that was bad because at that time those Techno Marines remember all that yeah I remember Techno Marines they used to have different colored bands <laughs> I remember yeah but them. I had a lot of them nigga gave me like nine of them shits I remember white Movado being yeah. big. Yeah, he gave me. Uh, but I thought I was, you know what? I thought I was robbing him, and he. I remember he just shook my hand like, "Enjoy, enjoy." And I'm like, about a year and a half later, you seen them shits like 
in the like little the bottom shelf. Yeah, like. they were in the bubblegum machine. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, Wow. You, you I said know, that was wow. You know you know, when you look back you think about like beef and hip hop and then what it is today. Like, you know, everybody's yeah. out to prove themselves. But back then it was serious, like meaning like it was on wax, but it also could have been in in, in, in sometimes it was kept on wax, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it could have spilled out the certain groups or certain artists didn't like each other. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever get wrapped up in uh, you know, other people not liking each other or you not liking somebody you ever, well, I, I I like to have a, a nice life. Like, I, I just look at a lot of rappers. You know, they make a lot. They, they do a lot. You know, they got to a certain point of fame, and then you have to live a life like every day you got to ride around in, like, a, a dark suburban, and then you're scared. Like, it's not like the president don't even live that mm. fear in that type of fear. It's, like, bad because you can't enjoy yourself. Like, I always like to, to wake up and walk around downtown california and go about my business but some people they got a life where like every time they go to the bathroom seven dudes got to go with them to the bathroom they they go order a sandwich seven dudes got to walk with you up to get your sandwich it's not a good life like mm. you got a girl you go to your hotel three dudes got to stand in front of your door was it's, anybody, was it's anybody, not a comfortable life was anybody living like that in hip-hop when you were coming up in it not opinion. really, because I, I seen Melly Melnum walk around that I, I'm talking about people that was famous. Like, they was big as when the message was out. Remember, they was big. Yeah, they had yeah, Mercedes yeah. Benzes and stuff. Um, like, but now, now it's more like the rapper now has to have, like, he has, he has to either be almost destined to be killed, which is almost like his, his triumph. Like, mm. like, and the fans grasp to it like, oh well, he did his music, but he got killed. So he he accomplished it. Like he accomplished it. Like he accomplished it. Like you didn't hear that from like no other artists. Like nobody. Like Prince, you know, they died of natural causes. But nowadays, it's more like the rapper has a destiny. Like they rather hear a story. Like you know, um, he was assassinated on Miami Beach. Mm. You ever meet Prince? I saw Prince one time in, in, on Sunset Boulevard. Short, like a real short person. Did you go up I saw Michael Jackson right, when I was in L.A. That you, was the funniest thing, too. I saw Michael Jackson. Um, I was sitting at IHOP. Like, me and Bobito and Stretch came out. And me and Kurt took them to IHOP. They flew out from New York. I'm in IHOP. I'm sitting down. I see Michael Jackson come through the door. I said, hold up. I'm thinking it's a fake Michael Jackson. So I look at Michael Jackson, come through the door. Michael got like, you know, Michael got like um, all this shit on, like a valve of his head. But he could still see Michael Jackson with the glasses, you know, the glasses he got. And, you know, he had those lapels on his yep, shoulder, yep, yep, yep. Them, them captain lapels. You know, I'm like, I'm like, Curry, that's Michael Jackson. So he said, that's not Michael Jackson. And then the lady walked like the... I stood up and I said, oh, it is Michael Jackson. Like he had three Secret Service men with him with ties, like... And she said, um, yeah, Michael Jackson comes in here every Saturday to get French toast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Michael Jackson comes in here to get strawberry pancakes every Saturday. But I'm like, this is in the morning. sound like about 12, we in there. I mean, I got the same thing. I got French toast. I see him come through the door. Three guys, they take him. He walks past us, and he go to the back. And I said, yeah, that's Michael Jackson. The lady was like, oh, yeah, he comes here every Saturday, but he doesn't want nobody to know. But I was like, that's cool. 
Like he wasn't on no high end. Now everybody's, you know, they got to go to some fancy restaurant. You know, people got to go to some high end stuff. Like Michael Jackson was just uh, at was that IHOP. IHOP, just chilling. Like the king of pop. I IHOP. like that, man. That man. The king of pop and IHOP. King of pop, IHOP. <laughs> Yo, who, 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 to this day, in who in hip hop would you say are your friends? Or even even then, like who in hip hop were your friends? Like somebody that you know that you considered like yo, you you know your friends straight up. Did you feel like you had friends in hip hop back then? Um, me in hip hop, I had a lot of friends. All the groups was my friends. I had like um um when I moved to L.A. I mean, Ice was a friend. I I wrote him. Ice mean, T or Cube? Yeah, Ice. Ice T had a you know Ice picked me up in the Bentley. I remember Ice had like. A Rolls Royce before all the rappers had Rolls Royces. Like, no rapper had, but I used to have like the old Rolls Royce, like the mm. old Bentley. Classic. Like a Bentley, like back back in the days, the old, but the old Rolls Royce was like before the rapes came out, before all that stuff came out. I was riding around Ice. It was like the white man, old Bentley. Mm. But the fact that people didn't know what it was, they didn't know. Like, the average rapper didn't know what it was. Even girls, they didn't even... he pull up to the club, me and him get out. They just looking at it like, what is that old car? Now, people are trendy, like, yeah. doing videos with race and stuff and Musanis and, you know, drop top head, you know, drop head coupes. But he had, like, that before rappers and Rappers was just driving, like, Benzes, honestly. Like, everybody had... 500 Benzes mm. But yeah. he didn't Nobody else had like They didn't have that stuff They didn't have that So that stuff That's when you know They didn't have a lot of that stuff Back then They didn't have like All them cars And stuff like that In LA I've been sore But they didn't have it Now the guys are just Getting them kind of cars Now I, Now I'm saying Now they're trying to get that So he was, You know That was a person That's a friend we remember right around. Um, I had a lot of rock band friends, you know, um, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm -hmm. um, Anthony, you know, Dave Grohl. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I have I had a lot of I have a lot of rock friends. Um, Mike Patton, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, classic man. You know, so uh, everything was love. You know, I you know I had a lot of different you know rapper friends. I mean. It was, you know, it's funny, you know, the most rappers you wouldn't think would, like, rappers that, like, you might meet a, you might meet a rapper from a legendary time, but they're more souped up than a rapper that's real hot, right? Like, a rapper that's currently hot. Mm. Like, the person that's currently hot is not as souped up as the person that's the legendary person like the legendary person still think he's hot mm. but the current person that's hot like hot now is more down to earth i've met people like that you're like wow how does that work how you're not hot it's crazy when you think like that how you're not hot right now nobody gives a fuck about you no. but the person that's really hot people like go to the stadiums they're cool down to earth talk you know, let me get your number, man. But you're hot, but you're not hot. Mm. 
<laughs> That's different. Nah, I, I huh? listen. I like it. You're hot in your mind. So, but you don't, it's, it's the way in of how, you know, it's funny how that works. Like, I don't understand it though. You're hot. You're legendary hot. But that's what I had to learn. Like, people, you, you, you should never be like, and those kids, even the new kids, they look up to that. They remember when people dissed them and stuff like that. They act like people. So they be mad, oh, them, them new motherfuckers, fuck off. I don't care. You know, it's not the point. Those dudes is hot now. You should appraise them and, you know, Everybody went through the same things, and you know, and then you got a lot of people too. Everybody want to turn into A and R's and criticize and be like, you know, when they start record companies. MC Hammer told me he's another friend of mine. I went to his house. Hammer told me he said, "You said, you know what?" He said, "The average person that wants to stop you from doing something is the rapper that came up in your time." Mm. And I had thought about that. And it wasn't him because he's out the box. You know, he's hot. He pumps in the bump back then and all that. But I believed him. I was like, wow, why did he say that? And then when I started doing research, I said, he is right. Those are the same rappers like that are criticizing maybe, I call them the the mad dinosaurs. Mm. So what happens is, yeah, the mad dinosaurs. (laughs) So what happened is, when people were trying to get deals, when those young dudes and stuff were trying to get deals, they the one that make them go do your song over, go write your lyrics over. This is not up to par. This is not right. The horn ain't right. The snare ain't what it is. The hi-hat on your song is messed up. Um, yo, your vocals got to be raised. Your um, Your delivery don't sound that hot. We got to work on it. You need to sing on your chorus. These are the same people that went through this in their life. So they want to do it to somebody else now. Mm. You went through that. And your job was to be uplifting and make the next person not go through that. But you turned into the same asshole as the popcorn and Sprite person. So now it's the same thing now. They... They did that. They turned into folding their hands behind their head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Going, well, um, you got to raise them vocals up. You got to work on that. You got to making a kid mm. feel depressed. Haters. Yeah. You know, when you signed, back to uh, your deal, when you signed your deal, did you know, like, did you... Like, did you know how to like cash that check? Like, did you like have like a company? Like, you... I had I had um corporate accounts, and then I had um you know I used to go on Bank of America. I used to see Master P in there every morning, and I go in the bank, and I used to just withdraw like like six G's every morning, every morning, <laughs> and they used to be mad. I, I put my papers through the window. They'd be looking at me. They go have a meeting for some reason. I'm arguing. I'm like, all my paperwork is right. All my card, my my card. They're having another meeting. It's like they was getting mad because I was coming in every morning and making them count six thousand. And then, like you see tellers, they were mad, like, like, like putting the money under the thing, like mad. But I was like, it's my money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I felt like that, you know. I just felt like it was cool. But I would see people in the bank. 
And I just take the money. I just be like, I'm going out because I felt like I wanted to buy things. Like I'm always like downtown. What were you buying at that time? I was like, I was buying watches. I was like a watch collector. I was a big watch collector. Like I bought a lot of Breitlings and you know all kinds of different farming looking watches. I was buying like all kinds of stuff. And I wasn't even phased with diamond watches. I bought watches that cost more than a diamond watch without no diamonds. Mm, mm. Now, for people listening, like I said, that that know of you, obviously. They're going to learn a bit, a little bit more, and they probably have already learned a little bit mm-hmm. more. But people that don't know you, even when you think about the ultramagnetic MCs, mm-hmm. how did that come together and take us all the way to how that even broke apart? Um, well, with Ultra, my creative ethnics were too fast for them. And, you know, the point of getting them to... When you're working with four people, it's hard to get everybody to agree on the same page. The, the more or less stress-free for myself, working solo, it was it was kind of hard. I worked with it, but I put on a show to show people that I had good showmanship to work with Ultra and do stuff. But I, I was also in a little bit of pain of trying to get them to do different things, you know, which is we tend to get back together and talk and laugh about stuff like that now but it's better now but back then it was like pulling a tooth to men with a group and get them on a different level because I was always ahead of my time I just had a group that was back in time mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like New York it's like the city is stuck in its own way like you know how you walk down the street Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow morning and you hear somebody playing like over like a fat ride or somebody <laughs> you know or somebody playing like you know like an old record like one in a, a million. million you're like why is he playing this this morning I'm trying to go make a new record like he should have played that when it was out mm. but he's playing it like a new record you know like people tend to grasp the Grasp the old stuff a lot, you know. You know, like you see somebody, you know, you go on to work on a brand new record, you know, they get on, they come out playing on the boardwalk. You like, come on now, like up on the sea. Yeah, it's like the the city seems like it's magnetic to old stuff. So my mind was always thinking new, and I feel that wave was following me a lot, you know, in my life. So. We got new phones, new technology, but people got old stuff in them. Mm. So you could pull out the brand new phone, but your playlist is like 1975. Everything in your playlist. It's not updated. (laughs) Yeah, it's not updated. So that's what we have a lot. Sometimes you got people that got new technology, but they still into every. They can't evolve. It's like when you meet somebody now, he's like, he don't know nothing you did. He don't even know you went to L.A. He don't know what you're doing. He like, what's up with that critical beatdown? You still you still doing that? He like, I did a critical beatdown in 1986, you know? So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Did you, uh, you know, when you think about ultramagnetic uh, MCs, did uh, do you still speak to anyone? Well, me and Sad is great friends. I mean, me and Trevor, everybody's great. I did an album with Sad, um, basically. He did a dope album. Um, I did a few tracks with him. Um, 
me and him have a, a good understanding. Me and him, you know, we traveled the world together. I mean, I was going to travel to Europe. Um, I went to... As uh, who? Who did you travel to Europe as? Uh, I went to Europe what as Ultra. What AK is this? I, well, I went to Europe thousands of times. But no, I, I know, I know. But I mean, I went to Europe as Ultra. But as oh, AK, I yeah. went to Europe as everybody. You know, everybody I went to Europe as. I mean, Germany. Come one year, you black Elvis. Yeah, Next one, year, one you year black Elvis in Europe. Octagon. France, Tokyo, uh, Japan, um, Australia. You know, I didn't flew over there. Tons. Of, I've been around the world like about, you know, even these places where artists go to to sit on boats and take selfie pics. We know what that it is. I never did that. I never took my selfie pics and put them on my Instagram. You mean now? But nobody I ne- no, I never did that. I'm saying now is the thing to be somewhere special that is a piece of shit to me. Mm. How about that? Mm. I've been to Sete, France, on the naked beach, looking at the naked woman walking down there. And I was walking down there. I was like, this beach is a whole naked beach of like, Elderly people. Have you been on a beach naked with everybody elderly naked? Nah. That's crazy. Hell no. That's the craziest the fucking, fucking beach ever. And people crazy. go there and act like they're doing something to go there. You never been on it? And they sell and, and they sell they sell old cheese. They sell like eighty five year old cheese out there. You can buy it. Really? Yeah. Bring back old mon- cheese, huh? That's just called for Monday cheese. Well, they it says it gets better with time and age, like wine, fine wine, it gets better. Like but you buy like 90-year-old cheese and bring it back to the States. Really? But people take pictures in these places and make it seem like it's, like, you know, that's the thing now, to go to places. And I've been to these places. And I didn't take pictures a lot. I've been around to all those cities, Europe, Morocco, Barcelona, all those places. But I didn't care about pictures. Let me ask you, man. Did you ever think... I just was go to my room, do my show, hang out, party, but... Eat. Hmm? Eat. I didn't eat a lot of the food. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't. I'm. I like. I'm not a fan of European food. I like Europeans, but the, the eggs and different combinations. You know, they might have eggs and cereal. You know, eggs and cocoa puffs. The combinations in Europe are a little too different for me. Mm. And it's tricky because you can. Europe is like you can buy a bar that you might think is a mounds, and it tastes like licorice. You might mm. buy a box of chocolate chip cookies. That you think is chocolate chips, and they taste like anchovies. Mm. So the tricks fuck with my head. That's just a lot of tricks. <laughs> that just sounds wild. Yeah, everything is a trick. You could be out there thinking you, oh, that's raisin bread, but you buy it and it tastes like. I gotta be like, like. Like fish bread, something like something else, like some other shit, like octopus bread. Like everything is a twist. The fuck octopus bread? No, nah, it's just different. Like that's what happens when you travel the world, man. No, nah, I'm saying everything cool is keep- uh, everything is not on the shelf as you. You know, when you're in the states, you like that's pop tarts, that's that's Nabisco, that's yeah, yeah for sure. But you know I'm, the brand names. But I'm saying their stuff is packaged. To your mind the mm. same way. But when you taste it, you're like, okay, these are chocolate chips. You got to cross your fingers. It should be tasting like rocks or something, like some mm. other shit. Hell, that's just crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you why, did huh? you, why did you put in Cool huh? Keith, why did you put a K, not a C at the time? Uh, 
I, it, 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 it just caught on that way. It just Did you ever caught, think of? You ever think? Of I that? didn't care about C O O L. It was just cool. Yeah, it was just cool, more cool. Like, well, you know, cigarettes were cool too, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Remember, cool cigarettes. Yeah, the uh, menthol yeah. joints. Yeah. Those are like before it's, Newports. Yeah. yeah, those are like the uh, OG of Newports. Yeah, so, so to speak. I put the cool there. It was cool and Keith, and then that was the part of me with ultramagnetic mag- magnetic. But I that's the start, group. right? That was the start. You know, I think I about, named the group that. But why? I don't know. I was just ultramagnetic was too highest extreme. Magnetic was to attract, and then. I had a lot of five percent of friends, and sure. you know, my main friend, rest in peace, who got, you know, who he had went and got into a tragedy in um, Richmond, Virginia. Father Nation, you know, he was used to stay in um, Patterson, New Jersey, you know, with King Son and all of them. So mm-hmm. he was like my main person of inspiration of different things like that. Great person. So he used to roll with me like. You know, we had a definite crew, like, in New York, we was just, we would go to clubs. We would, didn't take no stuff. We we go by ourselves as a bronze group. We didn't, we perform in some of the, you know, a venue that could be dangerous back then. You know, Ultra had more of a, uh, uh urban following. You know, we would play a lot of clubs with a lot of urban people and stuff like, you know, dangerous spots, you know, ultra play dangerous spots as opposed to now the transition of alternative and stuff like that. But we wasn't nothing to be joked with. We traveled, Scott LaRock, me, Carol. Rest in peace, um, man, Scott um, 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 Sad, me, and Mo and Trav. And we definitely travel, do shows. Mo has 238 sitting up in the mixer. Fuck. We doing the show, like... We don't know what city we could be performing in Jersey, some wild club, or Philadelphia, Baltimore. But he got the 38s in the mixer. and <laughs> Like, y'all ready to go? He stay ready. We're going to get out of here, but let's do it. Like, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, we from the Bronx. We don't know. You know, I remember we did a club one time, and 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 um, we was in Philly, me and Sad, and... No, we was in the field. We was in Houston, Texas, and it, but Houston is cool now. That's my city. It was like way back when Ultra did, like before our first time. I think we was with YZ, and we did a show, and it was like some dudes down there. And I don't know, they just didn't know us at that time way back. And we did a club, and there was like some Houston dudes. They like they had their own acts then. You know, back then a lot of cities had their local acts, and there was some dudes like it was like. Fuck Ultra Magnetic. Fuck them niggas. Fuck them. Fuck them Ultra Magnetic. I don't know no Ultra I said, yo, sad, man. What's up with this? I said, I ain't say nothing. I was like, we was in there. We just was performing. We was like, yo, we're going to get over and do these songs. We out of here. But, you know, it, we was just saying the vibe. That, that was funny times. Like, you never know. Like, clubs back then were very tense to perform. Man. Mm. You know, because sometimes you might go to a region back then. Back then, regions didn't know who you were. You know? True. Because now, you know, but now it's a little different because people know you than we, because we was big in New York. But sometimes, that's why I say you can't go everywhere. You can't doubt no city. That's why a lot of these guys sometimes take New York and feel they can go everywhere and start something. No, you just have to blend into where your environment is and adjust and people will start to feel you anyway. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But you can't react to what's going on. You know, we was from New York. We was all right, but... Like you said, we traveled. We traveled how we traveled. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, traveled the world. <laughs> we traveled how we traveled, but we didn't feel like, you know, 
we didn't feel intimidated. We just did our stuff. And as opposed to people might come into another city talking stuff, that stuff you don't do. You know what I'm saying? You don't go into other people's homeland and, you know, you're supposed to be welcomed with proper sure, proper sure. love and stuff and but you don't you don't go you don't go in other people's cities and run your mouth and stuff like that you just nah, have that's friends a, that, in other cities and you 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 respect their places also that's a, that's the problem you have with a lot of rappers that's a cardinal rule you know when you look back at uh, your career 30 yeah. plus years man you know do you have uh any regrets that stick out or things that you wish you could have done different you know you ever you ever sit and think of those or you just um I mean, it was a, hey, I wish I could have traded those watches a little better. Yeah. You know. Fuck but, them techno <laughs> marines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, but um, it was, uh, I learned from those different mistakes. And, you know, as time evolved, it, be, it became a joke. And now, you know, I still do what I do and collect different things. And like you said, all kinds of different pieces of art and all kinds of things, you know, just things that make me happy now, you know. Just therapeutic things to make me happy. Is it harder to make money in music now, you think? Uh, kinda, it is, but then it's what you're doing and stuff like that. You know, you know, you do other things and stuff like that. You are, well, with the people now, the way they operate and um, what happened is the support of a record and a song, the, the DJs, it takes longer to make an album. They should treat a record as it is long to make an album by playing it as long yeah, as it took to make like it. Yeah, it's kind of like comes and goes. Yeah, but with the industry now, it's so the attention span, you know, people are putting out an album every minute. So the, some people come out with a record and they they on it for a week and then somebody else put out a record, they on it for a week. Then somebody else put out a record. It's just that people got spoiled. You know, when you're giving out free biscuits, people are just mm, taking them and mm. tasting them and throwing them right, on the well, floor. It's like a kid. If you keep giving him a lot of cookies, he's going to bite like half of one. But if you really hold it back and give him one, he's going to take his time and eat it and save it because you're not giving him another one. That's what happened with the, the consumers. They got spoiled. The consumers got spoiled. And the DJs got spoiled by getting a lot of content but not recognizing what is what is pure. Yeah. So he rather he might pass a a real dope album, and then he go get like a lot of garbage coming in and garbage. So it's garbage coming out on garbage, and then sometimes quality get mixed up in garbage. Mm. So you have to make sure now you have to keep taking your quality out the garbage and putting it back on top of the mm. garbage. Mm. Taking your quality out the garbage and putting it back Trying on top to of the garbage. Huh? Trying to recycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we spoke, so that's what I'm saying. That's what you got. Yeah, no, nah, I, I, I uh-huh. we spoke we, we spoke about this uh, off air, but um how many albums did you did you make, man? Like is it what do you say, about twenty six you said? I made a lot of albums. See, I have a lot of albums at home too. But that you didn't put out yet. That I didn't put out. I have but albums. That's your that's like your will. I mean, yeah, I made albums I make albums for my kids. Yeah. They got their own albums. They got albums with me. I give the I got albums for I got albums for myself. I got albums I could play personal. I make But that you put out to the world I, already. I got was. albums I listen to at home for myself. Of course. I got albums for my kids. I got albums for I put in my shoebox. Mm mm. 
because sometimes you deserve a little of your own, like your own quantity of stuff. Then I got albums for people, and I, those are great albums I worked on. Like you know, I, I got classic albums, Critical Beatdown, yep. Doctor Octagon, yep. um, Keith. Right now, the Keith album. Keith is out. Um, where can people Where can people get this? The Keith is all it's over available the place. They can on get the iTunes, Keith. Spotify. Is, yeah, it's all in no, the digital. vinyl is crazy. It's all Hold in on digital. On. The, the vinyl is um the Keith album. Uh, vinyl, which was me and Psycho Less, which which was 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 a great collab. You know, I worked with Automate on the first album with Doctor Octagon as the original album. The first album, Doctor Octagon Ecologist, was a dope album, which was the super album. But when I got with Automate on the second album, I think he was a little more hard headed and try to do it by himself, which the first album I collaborated with him more on interaction with the bass lines and playing the keyboards on Blue Flowers and helping him on a lot of the bass lines on different tracks on that album was more me and him together. But this album, I, you know, I spoke to Cubit and we were like, the beats were too mysterious and instinctive, but this album is back to me being Keith. Mm and lyrical performances all around good music and beats and professional delivery and everything, me writing at my top apex. And, you know, back to original Bronx, thorough music, mm. pure pure Bronx and uh, international, international sound. International Bronx uh, content. That cool Keith. Keith, yeah. just Keith in general. Keith. Well, Keith, yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah, that's my new name. I took the cool off, and I just said Keith, but it's still cool Keith. But oh, it's, Keith. it's been cool, been cool. Yeah, and, you know, as as, as uh, we as we wind this episode down, man, I, you know, I I always say this, man. It's important for people to understand of like who has been around. So, like yeah. I said, for people listening uh, who may not know of you, well, now you do. Yeah. And, and continue to look and, and and dig in the catalog and and check out and see see what they contributed to the culture. Well, people now they 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 like you said it's time for them to get educated further and and not be like like you said the music industry is training you to be dumb now. But back before it was training you to be smart. Now it's training you to be dumb. Like you know the music now tells you to go take pills, kill yeah. us. It tells you to kill yourself. Tells you it's cool to kill yourself. The music now tells you it's cool to die. It's it's cool to lay back and stick a syringe in your arm. It's cool to jump off the roof. It's cool to just you know. It's cool to die. The music now is telling you like that's the big music. Like it's cool to die. Like that's the the height of the music now is to say you have to die. You gotta make an album and die. Mm. But Hell you gotta no. come out. You gotta, you gotta live. No, you gotta go out in a certain way. You have that's the new way. The new the there's the real way was like make an album and live like um you know live like uh the Beatles and ride around in cars and buy furs like you know and glasses like Elton John and them and live fly. But the new way of making music, not well, my way is still being fly and buying stuff and. Their way is more make music to die, make mm. it die. Like you know, I'm gonna make an album, and I can feel whichever way I can go out as a tragedy. That's the way this album should be remembered. That's not that album. No, I know the other mean. albums. But let me ask you. Let me ask you. The you other know. albums out there, not this album though. In in this day, the die album. I mean, huh? No, no. In this day, <laughs> no, in this day and that's, age, this day and age is I'm, that's I'm, what it's about. Of course, but even in this day and age mm-hmm. of all the different artists out there. I remember, like, let me tell you something that's sick. What? These people would rather watch a dead dude on YouTube rap day after day. 
And I, you might not even know anybody. Just as long as he's dead, he'd be like, yo, that dude is fire. But he can't really come sign his autograph or nothing. They just, that's what I'm saying. That's the sickness they have to, in their minds to say, I really look right. The dude shouldn't be dead at all. He should be making records, signing autographs, doing shows, and traveling the world. But people, that's the new thing is to be... I ain't never know rock to be like that. Have you ever known, like, did um Patty LaBelle and them do that? Man, I don't know. Did they? Not that I know. Did you see Brothers Johnson make an album to die? They, like, I'm going to get shot by the OJs. We're going to kill each other. And, I mean, um, yeah, you know. You know we're going we're gonna to pop Billy Graham when we see him. You know, <laughs> I mean, is it? I don't know. Is it like, I ain't never see it like that. I thought it was keep it flashy and fly. We live. We I tell you, we live in a, like a different world, you know. And that's why I'm saying what I want to say is, uh, you know, I remember us talking about this with Combat back when we did an episode with you years ago yeah. about how people like sometimes the industry used to portray you as being like weird, right, or different, yeah. right. Yeah. But you, I'm like, yo, look at the fucking industry now. Like they're more weird than ever. Like well, who I, yeah, normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, well, what that is like, you right. know, it's funny. You know what's funny though? Like we're ahead of the game. You know man. what's funny though? Like I look at you look at say a guy like Drake. Like Drake is a real clean rapper. Like he raps great, and he kills everybody. You know, of course, me and Drake got to do a song together too. Mm-hmm. Me and Aubrey, I got to get Aubrey on the track. Mr. Graham, 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 Graham. But I'm saying he don't have to go like guys' eyebrows yellow. He don't got to paint his nose pink, like put like seven earrings in his ear draw like an X on the side of his chin like people are doing too much mm-hmm. you know people gotta, are, it's just too much going on it's like you like it's like you gotta make yourself look like it's it's a shame too the labels are making these kids mess their faces up you know you gotta put like piercings across your eyebrows you know just accept the person for what he is don't sign him because you know he didn't put like Four thumbtacks on his forehead and hammered it in with a real hammer. And people are like, yo, that's the dude <laughs> with the seven thumbtacks on his forehead. Yo, he's nice. That's Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser. Like, nobody has to do all that. Like, like to sell out, you got to turn into Hellraiser and have the Frankenstein screws all in your yeah, fucking nah, you neck don't need and all that. that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that. Listen, it's like, you know, these motherfuckers is, you know, it's, it's getting too out of hand. Listen, uh, internet. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You fucking. I see you on Instagram. You like Instagram? You like social media? Social media is cool, but it's like it's about pictures that you've seen and been done. But it's like it's really mostly about a lot of boot ass on there. It's mm, like mm, it turned mm. into ass. IG models. It's Instagram. Tummy teeth. It's not really Instagram. It's Instagram. Instagram. I mean, they should make a porno version of it. What Instagram? They should cut no, out no, Instagram no. and just just start Instagram. <laughs> Everybody start a whole new thing like my. Hey, same thing like Instagram. YouTube. YouTube huh? is a while. Like yeah, the people watch cats on this. And shit. now you press the button, zoom up to the girl, see how many bumps is on her booty or whatever. Yeah, know. that's wild. Huh? It's wild, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. Listen, you ain't got to buy books no more. Listen, I want to tell people, man, Keith, mm-hmm. the new album, Keith is out. Uh, where, where else? Where can they go get this? I uh, mean, you can order they want a vinyl. Mellow Man Music, uh, you know, the same outlets. Uh, like you said, every it's streaming, on there, streaming on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, iTunes, 
Amazon, everywhere in the world. Basically. And you start and you starting and to talk. This is just the vinyl. This is not the digital yeah, this download. Is, yeah. All the girls can download it in their cars. All the guys, all the pimps and the hustlers, all the skinny pants wearers, the bell bottom wearers, the dinosaurs, pants. the dinosaurs, the baggy pants. Uh, now, what about what about uh, ball head people, people with afros, uh, <laughs> all kinds of people. Uh, Wait, talk uh, to me. Uh, you're talking to me about truck uh, drivers, everybody. Uh, just the truck drivers. Um, but what about? Um, Okay, so what, you're going back on tour, right? Or you said you uh, not should, tour, but you're doing a couple. of I'm shows. doing a couple of shows. I'm gonna be in L.A. Uh, doing. Uh, with, I'm gonna do Sunset with Raz Kaz up there. And Shout to Raz out, Kaz. Um, yeah, good to Raz Kaz. Soul on Ice too, of course. I like brothers with good albums. A lot of good product came out. Rick Ross had a good album. It was mm-hmm. quality this year than unquality. Absolutely, there was a lot of good quality this year that came out. Good quality. Listen, you know, thirty plus years in the game. Yeah. There's no way uh, you could ever cover that, um, you know, of how how long you've been in the game, man. Yeah. You, you've been in the game a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, Thir- I, like I said, I record. I'm just a recording ho- I'm a recording holic, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, they're going to put you. I, I keep my grind and I write five songs a day. I stay in the studio. My 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 pen game, my wordplay is still on point. Yeah, it's, still, it's still strong. Like I'm saying, like, you got the W, rappers, WBC, and it's UFC. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't put those together. I get that analogy. I like it. Listen, Mister, <laughs> is it Mister Cool Keith? Mister Keith? No, it's Keith. No, on Mr. Instagram. Sam, oh, on Instagram. Oh, it's official Cool Keith. Oh, official on, Cool. Oh, Keith. Official Cool Keith Instagram and um. Listen, you fuck with Twitter too. Uh, I'm on Twitter too. Um, Ultraman, Ultraman, Ultraman seven thousand. Right. Uh, yep. You know, tweet me all day and official Cool Keith. And like you said, I'm into my photography. I got my KK clothing. I went um. I want um, Black China to wear the KK clothes. Really? So, yeah, I probably send her outfit, and um, and maybe we see if we get Tina Turner in something tight. Shit! Listen, internet's official. Cool Keith on Instagram. Make sure you go check out. See what he got going on. See yes. if he's gonna be at uh, yeah. a city near you. Check and, out his projects. And, and always got something out there. And and uh, you know, Super Wave, Big Boys in Midtown. You know, his check out his stuff, Super Wave. Um, it's just little things I got on the side. My nephew, he coming out with an album. And I got, you know, all the kids and everybody's in the Universal Circle. And Sad G album, mm. got his own album. Mm, and I hit Sad G, the famous Sad G Miller producer, criminal-minded and, you know, South Bronx, South Bronx. Mm, mm. The BX. The BX. And, the Boogie and, Down. And boogie Down, you know, definitely paved a lot of way. It was just funny how a lot of barrels had their time and they did their thing. The BX did their thing. And you know, like you said, um, Queens had their moments. and Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn had, had their moments. moments. And, you know, the Bronx. Staten Island even had Staten, some Staten moments. Staten Island had a good run. Shouts to Wu-Tang. And, and it's run. about going, getting back to those elements again getting back to those elements and, it's, and, and the one thing too you're never too old to record I've seen E-40 do an, in, an interview about that which was great it's like you, it's no reason you can stop making records if Mick Jagger's walking around looking mm. like that's mummy, right you should never feel the bad. mummy Mick Jagger looks well he got like 2,000 wrinkles all in his face that motherfucker got Botox on and, 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 and he making records and and, and Everybody, I mean, John Lee Hooker. It's it's no it's no it's no destiny. Like that's a bad plague when you got Alice Cooper 
still in the studio. Listen, I say this all the time. Uh, Hip hop, uh, you know. Gene Simmons still records. Look, like, look, Kenny Rogers is still man. touring the world. Come on, Willie man. Nelson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Barry Manilow. But, but you know that that, but that, no, that yeah. that's a that that was a that was an urban ignorant saying like. That was an urban ignorance. Well, well keep, you know, you're right. You know, you're right. You know, and that's what when Michael Jackson, remember, he used to say, he's so ignorant. Yeah. But keep in mind, <laughs> keep in mind, I say this all the time. No, keep in mind, I say this that's all the time. That's what he said. I say and this. You know who he was talking about. No, but check this out. Let me, let me explain to you. I say this all the time. Um, people going to see Barry Manilow in concert, Kenny Rogers in concert, nobody's there like in the audience, like, yo, they washed up. Why is yeah, he yeah, 80 yeah, years old yeah. still out here? They're paying. To see them. Yeah. So your contributions, in my mind, should never die yeah. out. And at the end of the day, be, ne- to what? be honest with you, wait, check this out. To be honest with you, if Cool Keith never put out another album, right? If this didn't happen, you should appreciate, appreciate the person everything living. that they contributed. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I know. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. Appreciate people. Appreciate E-40. Appreciate um, Big Daddy Kane. Appreciate. Appreciate people. Appreciate whatever's out man listen appreciate what you learn from appreciate everything you don't like you don't you don't see rock people you see like you see young girls going to see gene simmons kiss is mm. still performing mm. and taking girls from young rock bands damn jeans you think about that mike then that's a up there long with time all that. kiss is the best thing happening I need to go to a kiss concert you got tickets Shit, nah but we'll get them listen yeah. 30 plus years in the game Okay, uh, 49 uh, AKAs, 62 labels. Um, platinum albums. Platinum albums, that's um, right, platinum albums. Talk about Ultra Magnetic. And I got plaques in miles. I went plaque. Uh, these people, these kids don't have physical plaques to hang up. I got plaques when records were certified. Yeah, sure, sure. I know like, you know, mean, the real plaques you hang up in them record companies, like with the Aggression soundtrack. With um, Ruthless Records, you know, mm-hmm, with everybody mm-hmm. was on the wrestling, Old Dirty Bastard, plaques. Smack My Bitch Up sold three million records. On my mm. voice, where was Prodigy. Mm. Like, I got plaques in my it's house. It's classic, man. It's classic. Listen, we, we, I'm glad to finally be able to sit down. Um, I know the internet's are going to enjoy this episode. You know, and, and, and like I said, I'm proud uh, of, of all the years and I'm thankful for all the contributions. You've always been A1, man. Mm-hmm. And Th- uh, Thanks for you. I appreciate you, too. And um, I miss Combat Jack and this interview is for him, you know, and which was about Combat. He's a real person. You can't get a person that was real like that no more. Combat Jack is definitely a real person and not fake, not phony. You know, and it's hard. It always happens to real people that are good and honest and, you know, that's straight up. And to this day, you know, I miss Combat Jack, and it was a great thing. Oh, man. Definitely, man. Rest in peace to our brother, man. And you yeah. were one of those dudes, man, that we do an episode with, and then you came to the holiday party. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's the thing. It's more than just a podcast. It's, a it's more than hip-hop. It's more than just yeah. a, an album. Yeah. It's more than... So it's love, man. Internet, the, lot, yeah. the one and only... Cool Keith. Keith. Keith album. Keith. Okay, cool okay. Keith. Now it's just Keith. Oh, yeah. Cool Keith. Let's say Cool Keith. Though. It's Keith. Let's do but cool check Keith. out the album. Give me, give me a pound right now. Give me Cool, cool Keith. Cool Keith. Peace, my brother. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode with Cool Keith. Remember, it was a throwback. I don't want anyone hit me up and be like, yo, he's talking about things that were so... Listen, it was a year ago. Sometimes we got episodes in the can, thank God. Sometimes we got new episodes, but you never know. But we keep on coming, and I got a bunch of new ones coming. So, internet, subscribe, rate. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube. Like I say, make sure you rate and subscribe. And 
If you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, okay, or maybe you want to advertise, you know, uh, um, on another show, yep, I do that too. Email me, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Big brand, small brand, small bit, whatever it is. You want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Hit me up. You want to, you, you want us to produce a podcast, script out a podcast, give you advice? Again, email me, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Now, I want to send blessings to you and your families. Stay focused. Remember what I say, never, ever stop believing in you, okay? Remove the doubt, up the belief, and I'll see you next episode. Make sure you hit me on Twitter and Instagram, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. Peace and blessings. See you next week. Cheer.